0: Hey there, fellow conductors of the metaphysical examination, and welcome to the Ghostbusters interdimensional crossword for the week of November eleventh, twenty nineteen. This week on the show, you're going to hear my silky pipes uh, by themselves, self, selves. I guess there's you have uh, whatever voice box is. Anyway, I'm going to be rambling a little bit about expectations of Jason Reitman's new film. I'll touch on some of the news of the week, but uh, we'll save that for when Chris and I are back. But you're stuck with me, and I apologize. You're thinking to yourself, "Oh man, it's so good that Chris and Troy finally have their proverbial shit together, and uh, they're going to be recording frequently together as 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 a as a podcasting pair." But you're noticing that Chris is not here right now, and it is my fault. Uh, Yes, uh, things have been a little bit uh, a little crazy, Um, and I'll I'll tip my cards uh, just slightly for a second here, and just let. uh, for one, if you're listening to this on Monday, Disney Plus launches uh, tomorrow uh, on Tuesday. Tons of awesome programming on it. Uh, they are not paying for a sponsorship here, but as my employer, um, I, feel, I feel it necessary to tell you why I have been an absent parent on this uh, podcast lately, because there has been a lot going on trying to get that platform up and running. Um, plus, I'm uh, I'm overseeing five shows right now, and uh, all five of them were in production last week. Uh, so it's, uh, it's been a little crazy. Um, but, and as you heard last week, I'm also moving. Uh, so you're thinking to yourself also, Troy, why are you, uh, sitting here podcasting by yourself then, uh, don't you uh, have a lack of time right now? And well, that's, that's true. I don't have a whole lot of time at the moment, but I didn't want to leave the podcast hanging dry. That's, uh, Chris and I have really prided ourselves. Uh, come come what may, we always like to have an episode up there once a week on Mondays for you guys at midnight. And uh, with a few exceptions, uh, we have, have stayed true to that and have not missed uh, those episodes. Yeah, I mean, save for like, uh, you know, New Year's uh, when we know nobody's out there listening, uh, we do go dark for that uh, one or two weeks occasionally. But um, at any rate, uh, you are stuck with me by myself, uh, to no fault of Chris's, uh, Chris actually was kind enough, he's like, let's reschedule, and then, uh, we rescheduled to a different day, and, uh, it just didn't happen, but, uh, so Chris, I love you, buddy, and I'm, I'm sorry that, that you're not, uh, here, uh, but you're here in spirit, as you always are, um, and for once, people are gonna have to listen to me, uh, wall to wall, uh, and, and I say that lovingly, but, uh, you know, Chris, Chris, uh, he, he, he by his own proclamation uh loves to talk and uh i i love the fact that i can tee him up with a softball and then he can just run and run and run and run and run and i can just go "Uh uh-huh uh-huh work is hard yeah isn't that right mr scream (laughs) hey hey anyway uh, i'm tired i'm so tired guys i'm so tired Uh, but so here's what I'm going to do by myself. Uh, I am going to, uh, just briefly touch on a couple of the news items, uh, because it's stuff that Chris and I can talk about in next Monday's episode. It's not as timely as it would seem. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll really talk about that stuff next week. Uh, potential title leak. I don't think that. It's, it's coming from a source that I've never heard of and out of Italy so you know take it with a grain of salt uh, and and even I, I, I don't know I, until something is official I'm just sort of like okay yeah whatever uh, Star Wars has had so many quote-unquote leaks uh, over the past 15 20 years that it's just you should just wait uh, but that also kind of teed up why I wanted to have a discussion topic with myself just to talk about expectations for what's coming next year uh, what what we can do to help keep ourselves in check. You know, Ghostbusters 3, uh, whatever iteration this is going to be of Ghostbusters 3, has been so long in the making that it's tough to not keep our expectations in check and not uh, place too much emphasis on on certain things. So uh, I thought that I would just uh, long-windedly ramble about that uh, in the second half of the show. So... Without any further delay, I'm going to jump into the news. Here we go. Hey, guys Peter. I have some news from the world of Gozer. I got some pretty cool stuff cooking up over here if you want to turn your head. Multiplanar, curly, and now Yeah, well, here's your next month's cover of GQ. Check out the aura on this sucker. All right, well, to, uh, to be a little more efficient, I'm not going to jump into the... <laughs> the subsection of the news for ghostbusters 2020 news. But uh, the majority of the news that I wanted to bring up this week is ghostbusters 2020 news. Uh, as mentioned earlier, uh, there was a title maybe leak, uh, an Italian website, uh, is claiming that they believe the title of Jason Reitman's ghostbusters 2020 movie to be ghostbusters afterlife. Uh, again, take that with a grain of salt because it's, uh, an unconfirmed source and it's not coming from official channels uh, I am sure when we uh, are to know the title uh, it will be something that is is uh, orchestrated and and something that is widespread but uh, Certainly, I don't want to learn this way uh, through somebody's Instagram post, which is the way I saw it, but uh, so, uh, you know, keep, I mean, it's it's a fun title. Uh, I don't know that we need to speculate until it's actually the official title, but uh, it does have a a lot of different connotations to it, uh, both in the uh, narrative of the movie itself and in the narrative of the franchise itself, Uh, (laughs) because Ghostbusters is certainly a franchise that... Uh, could could use a little bit of an afterlife after a long dark period and then the reboot in 2016 uh, not doing as well as everybody would have, have, have liked. And so what do we do now? Uh, well, let's move into the afterlife. But I like it. If that's what the title is, great. Um, but uh, let's, let's sit on that. Again, let's talk expectations in about five minutes here. Um, the other news, uh, casting news. Uh, and this is... Again, not an official source, but as Chris and I have discussed on multiple occasions, uh, we can only bury our head in the sand for so long uh, as uh, Uncle Dan is out there talking on, on <laughs> any interview that he can. Uh, it's, I think Dan Dan's heart is in the right place. He knows he wants to promote the movie, and and much like when uh, Paul Rudd was out there uh, talking about Ghostbusters on Jimmy Kimmel and saying, you know, it's it's so funny to be out talking about movies now, and I can't say anything, but Uh, So I actually feel for Dan because he's from that old school where it's, you know, you go on an interview show, it's all vetted through publicists and it comes out when it's uh, when it's not embargoed. But now he lives in the digital content age where everything is immediate. So he's going on these shows like the Greg Hill show, which is why I I start talking about uh, Dan Aykroyd here and he says something to the effect of Jason Reitman wrote a beautiful heartfelt script that takes the real DNA from the first two movies and transfers that directly to the next generation. It hands the legacy off to a new generation of stars and players and actors and characters. We've shot our part myself, Murray Sigourney and Annie Potts. And it was really exciting working on this new idea and new take on the story, which Jason, who is a really incredible and fine filmmaker came up with. So, um, I'm, I'm pulling this from Esquire.com. Uh, so reputable, uh, journalists, including the Esquire magazine crew have decided to pick up on it and of course run with it as Bill Murray confirmed to be in the new, uh, Ghostbusters film. Um, so again, <laughs> I feel like we're repeating ourselves over and over and over and over and over here on the podcast, but uh, n- nothing official, but this is coming from Dan and, you know, Dan is very excited. Dan is trying to uh, talk the movie up and, uh, and give the people what they want. You know, he's on this, this, uh, show and he knows that Greg Hill is prodding him, uh, to talk about the new Ghostbusters movie and give him something. So this is what, what Dan is giving him. So, uh, again, we've always said that it's a safe bet that, uh, the original crew is in the film. Uh, sans Rick Moranis, I think he's the one person who I think will still be a a holdout uh, for obvious reasons. He's, uh, he's retired. He doesn't need to be in this movie, but uh, so yeah. So uh, Esquire magazine, Greg Hill show, a lot of places are confirming that uh, Ackroyd, Murray, uh, Sigourney, he doesn't mention Ernie Hudson in this, but uh, I'm sure Ernie will be in the movie as well. It's, it's just, we're waiting for that. You want to, you want to wait for that big splash, like whatever the big press release or whatever the photo release is, or, you know, when Anthony Bresnikin, uh, has a cover story in Vanity Fair, uh, for the new Ghostbusters and there's the entire cast on the cover of the magazine, like that's, that's going to be the big moment. So, so stay tuned for that. Uh, in the meantime, however, uh, this comes from deadline.com. Um, Oliver Cooper, who is in project X and the front runner, of obviously Jason Reitman directed film, uh, has been confirmed. This is through the trades. So this is a confirmed casting, uh, for ghostbusters, uh, 2020, Jason Reitman's film. Um, it's unclear as to what his role will be. Uh, some people have been saying, boy, he's kind of a dead ringer for uh, Harold, uh, with his eyes and his hair, especially the photo that, uh, deadline has chosen. So, um, you know, maybe if they did need some sort of a, a photo double, uh, that is not to say that that's all that he will be because, uh, that's all speculation. He just kind of looks like Harold Ramis. And because all of these things have been pointing back to, uh, the Spangler lineage with, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> like McKenna's glasses and all of this stuff. Um, I, I think we just immediately jumped to the conclusion of, of Harold Ramis or Egon Spangler, uh, connections, but uh he could be a totally different role he could be a photo double uh he is an incredible actor and has been in like check out his imdb he's just got this wide gamut of films that he's been in um so uh stay stay tuned on that front um the funny thing about this deadline article speaking of the previous news item is that it says the film will feature the return of original cast members Bill Murray, Ernie Hudson, Dan Aykroyd, and Sigourney Weaver, as well as the franchise newcomers Paul Rudd, Carrie Coon, Finn Wolfhard, set for a July 2020 release. So, uh, again, we can only bury our heads in the sand <laughs> for so long. It's uh, these guys are going to be in the movie. We know they're going to be in the movie. Uh, but let's let's really let's really dive into it when uh, the official word uh, is out there. Um, and then in terms of news, that's pretty much all I want to talk about this week. Everything else we can jump into, uh, with, with Chris next week, uh, the title release, Bill Murray and this, uh, Oliver Cooper casting, which is very fun and very cool. Um, I am led to believe that, you know, production wrapped in Calgary, mm, doing math, doing math. It's been about three, four weeks now. My goodness. Where is the time gone? Uh, so safe to bet that everything is in post-production, uh, maybe whatever pickup shots and things that they're needing, uh, are, are being shot. I know that there was some talk about, uh, uh leaked photos about a set, uh, that may have been built, um, uh, possible that they're doing pickup shots for sets and stuff like that. But, um, you know, th- this is kind of that calm before the storm. We're going to get that trailer, uh, like Chris and I were speculating with Jumanji 2, in, uh, in a couple weeks here. Um, but uh, I think from the trailer forward uh, is really when the big push is going to happen. But for now, it's going to be kind of radio silent uh, on the the Ghostbusters 2020 front. Uh, lots of new merchandise. Uh, I, Chris loves to uh, throw those into the rundown. So I, I don't want to talk about anything without him. We'll do that next week as well. And uh, yeah, so let's move into the Discussion, the single-minded discussion topic, the one-man discussion topic here this week. Uh, and that is expectations. Um, I, everybody has expectations for a Ghostbusters movie. Everybody has expectations for anything Ghostbusters uh, because we're fans. Uh, for better or for worse, fan culture has turned into uh, something where everybody can voice their opinions. Everybody can comment on said voices and, and opinions and uh it's it it has its awesome place it has a lot of of merit and uh i've met a lot of friends through social media and, and message boards and uh you know th- th- things of that nature so I, I this is not me uh setting up me railing on social media and how much i dislike it uh again i don't please don't turn that dial don't touch that dial uh but what i have noticed a lot lately is that the, the good news is that there is kind of a fever pitch that this new movie is hitting, that there is there is a anticipation and an expectation of what it can and what it should be. Um, and those are two very separate and very different things. And that's kind of what I wanted to talk about this week. Uh, since since I have the floor, I have the mic and you will listen to every word I say. No, I'm just kidding. You can, you can turn this podcast off whenever you want. I'm surprised you guys are still listening after four plus years, five plus years here. Um, But so let's talk about all of the things that this movie can be. And I think that's where we can focus our efforts. That's where we can focus our attention and uh, our energy. um, Because the, the potential of the movie is absolutely enormous. There is so much potential for this film. Uh, just right down to the DNA of what it is. It is a continued, uh, story from that original, uh, two sets of films, uh, that is going to bring back the characters that made us love this franchise in the first place. Uh, that is bringing back a pedigree from, from Jason Reitman, you know, the, the Reitman lineage is involved uh, at the top level again here, which, um, uh, Paul Feig is an incredible filmmaker, a very funny person, a very funny guy, very nice guy. Um, but you know, it's, uh, it's a little easier to, uh, to, to tap into whatever that DNA is to whatever that, that special sauce was that made Ghostbusters what it was by involving the original people, uh, as, as often happens, uh, because, I'm going to go down a tangent. That's what I can do, right? I can do that when I'm by myself. That's what I'm going to do. Uh, in a lot of the reboots, uh, take a look at things like Animaniacs, um, uh, the the Batman uh, franchises. The, uh, it, a lot of these are, are going to new creative teams, which is great. It brings fresh ideas. It brings fresh blood into the mix so that they're coming up with things that are not Um, comfortable and tried and true. They'll probably take more risks than the original teams. Um, However, there are things that these people added to these films and TV shows and comic books and book series and all of the, the pop culture that we love to consume. Um, The original creators, the originators of these franchises uh, can contribute so much and, and help, Sort of harness that that smoke into the bottle that they were able to, uh, to do whatever it was. Uh, Twenty years ago, thirty years ago, in some cases, you know, five ten years ago in in recent reboots. But um, it's the George Lucas argument. Uh, a lot of people uh, are very opinionated with. Uh, if George Lucas should be more involved in the new Star Wars movies, if he should be less involved in the new Star Wars movies, uh, if he is even involved at all in the new Star Wars movies, um, and the answer is yes with an asterisk, uh, the originators, the creators of these franchises, of these characters, of these stories, uh, the the people who are responsible for world building. Should be involved. Absolutely. One hundred percent. George Lucas should be involved in these new movies. Um, He. I think. uh, Without getting too far down the the Star Wars path here. George Lucas is kind of uh, an extenuating circumstance. Because there are other. Uh, places where you can say, well, if George was involved, it would be totally different. Yeah, okay, I got that. Uh, But again, I brought up Animaniacs for a good reason. Uh, I know several of the writers of the original Animaniacs, uh, they're friends of mine, and they haven't been asked to come back and help write scripts. And they're okay with that. To a certain extent, uh, of course, they are working writers, so the work would be wonderful. And also, they take a tremendous sense of pride and ownership over something uh, like Animaniacs. And it, it it kind of it stings a little bit to see something moving forward without you. So... Take, for instance, when Leslie Jones uh, heard about Jason's new movie, that immediate sort of hot take snap judgment that she had that, of course, ran its course through the, the media cycle because, you know, poor Leslie is always under the microscope. But, you know, she was upset. She she couldn't. You know, what are we chopped liver? We poured our heart and soul into this. Um, and, and she, it hurt her that things were moving forward without her and the creative team, uh, that had worked on, on answer the call in a very similar vein. I'm sure that when Ivan Reitman found out that, you know, Paul Feig was, uh, directing the film and Ivan for all these years had been trying to get a new movie off the ground and had gone through how, God knows how many scripts with, uh, Harold and Dan and, uh, Eisenberg and Stupnitsky and, and Drew Pierce and all of these people that were involved in the creative, um, just the pre-production, just the development hell that a new Ghostbusters movie sat through. And then all of a sudden he saw this movie moving forward without him. Um, and, you know, unfortunately we did get a, a little kind of glimpse behind the curtain, uh, uh, when the whole Sony, uh, WikiLeaks, you know, that whole hack happened and we did see that he was hurt. He couldn't believe that this had happened, and and that he wasn't involved. And and of course they righted that. They you know involved him. They involved Dan. Uh, that of course was when Ghost Corps was f- formed uh, to ensure that you know the brand and the franchise would kind of have somebody to shepherd it forward, you know, without, with, with a a broader sense of direction. Um, and of course we have heard, you know, the stories that I'm sure we will continue hearing for years to come about how, you know, Dan wanted to, uh, guide the movie one way. Ivan wanted to guide the movie one way. Paul had his, uh, his own ideas. And, and, uh, that, that will be something that we can have an oral history of give me five, 10 years. I'm sure we'll hear all those stories, but, uh, so, so that is all a very long-winded, terrible tangent to take us back to this has the original DNA with the originators, the creators of the series, uh, sans uh, the late Harold Ramis, uh, who, who is a key, a very important factor in why Ghostbusters was successful. That intelligent uh, snap wit, uh, the what Harold Ramis brought to everything um, is something that can't be recreated. Uh, I think in the, um, I think it was in the fathom sit-down interview, which is further proof that Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd and Ernie Hudson were in the same room to shoot something. All three of them were in that film together. Um, but Bill said, uh, uh, Harold, I'm paraphrasing. He said, Harold wrote all the funny stuff. Dan wrote the rest or something to that effect. But, you know, Harold, Harold was just, he, he was one in a million and it's going to be very difficult to move this forward without him. So that is also why I think this will be a little different. This will have some sort of a different feel, a different tone, uh, knowing, uh, Gil Kennan's, uh, sensibilities and Jason Reitman's sensibilities. They're both very intelligent. And I think they're going to bring that sort of intelligent, uh, uh, humor and, uh, a little bit of the slobs versus the uh, the snobs, uh, uh, although I doubt that's going to be the focus of much of any of this movie. Um, so, yeah. So so what can this be? This will be a continuation. It will have the same creative sort of DNA uh, running through it. Uh, it can be uh, scary. I know a lot of people have said, "How important is it for this movie to be funny? How important is it for this movie to be scary?" There are whole threads on GB fans dedicated to that back and forth conversation. Um, I would argue it's important for both. Uh, the humor uh, is, a, is a release of the tension from from the scary and the horror and the the the, the creepy and spooky stuff. Um, and if you if you go back and rewatch the original Ghostbusters film through the eyes of somebody who has never seen this kind of thing before, who has not seen the movie before, uh, especially when you go and you see it, you know, in a, in a theatrical setting with a big audience, uh, maybe some people have never seen the movie or maybe they haven't seen it in a really long time. They jump and then they kind of laugh. Like what's your immediate reaction after you jump in your seat? You kind (laughs) of, you have to, shake it off Uh nervous laugh. I'm guilty of it. Everybody likes to call out that I nervously laugh on the air all the time. I get it. It's just, it's a, it's a tension relief, uh, that it's just, it's, it's involuntary. And, but that that's what leads to such brilliant combinations of, of horror and comedy. That's why, why Shaun of the dead works so well because it is scary. It is terrifying. Uh, the situations that these characters are in. But because you have the humor on top of it to release that tension a little bit, it it it, it works. It just works so well. And I get the sense from from Jason, from everything that he said, both at Fanfest and in all of the press uh, outlets that he's talked to about his film, he gets that too. He wants this movie to be genuinely scary. He wants to kind of he keeps saying that he wants to make his dad proud. And deep down, I know that Ivan Reitman wanted to make scary films, uh, Cannibal Girls. And he he, he was a, a lover of that genre. And as many of the filmmakers in the 70s and the 80s were. Everybody, you know, from your John Landis to your uh, Joe Dantes, uh, the people that all grew up on the Universal uh, Monsters and uh, watching Svengulli and things like that uh, at midnight. That that rubs off on you. And that's, that's kind of what you want to do, much in the same way that the new breed of filmmakers out there. They all want to replicate, um, you know, the, the, the Spielbergs and the Lucases and the, the Tarantino's, uh, that's, that's, that's what that generation wanted to do to entertain people, to tell stories. Um, so I think Jason gets that. I think Jason, when he says, I want to make my dad proud, that is a multifaceted, multi-layered statement that we could probably pick apart for another half hour here that he, he wants to show his dad, Hey, I, I, I've learned from you, man. Like, I look up to you. He continuously keeps telling his dad, you are the greatest storyteller I know. And uh, I think he's really taking that to heart, and he's really trying to make this a love letter to his dad more than a love letter to the fans. Um, so again, um, there will probably be a lot of fan service, uh, but at the same time, I... like. Jason, Jason doesn't owe a love letter to us, the fans. He, he, he certainly could write a love letter to his father and, and, and everything that his dad has taught him. So, uh, let's see things that this movie can be. Um, it can be wildly entertaining. I am really hoping for a movie that, uh, is 90 minutes uh, let's say if the movie is two hours, that's going to be a blessing. But the 90 minute mark is a sweet spot for comedies. And I think it's going to be a, 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 if, if not a little bit over 90 minutes, it's going to be close to that mark. But for 90 minutes, I have a feeling that it's going to be a movie where I'm not feeling any time dragging. I think, uh, if, if, I get to probably act two of the movie and I don't want it to end. That will be a very good sign. Some of my favorite movies are like that because you can sense that the end of the movie is coming and you don't want it to end because you're enjoying it so damn much. Um, That's what this movie can be. It can be very entertaining. It can be scary. It can be funny. It can be entertaining. Uh, We can, we can fall in love with new characters. We can revisit old characters And the old characters may not play a big part in that, and that's okay. Um, I think it can tell two stories at the same time. That's what this movie is capable of doing. It can tell the story of the old characters that we know, but it also can tell the story of the characters that we're going to get to know, and maybe we'll continue getting to know. Uh, Again, sorry to go back to Star Wars, but The Force Awakens was so successful because it continued the story of the characters that we knew so well from the original films and introduced us to new characters that we cared about instantaneously, that these were relatable characters that were likable, and and you really you wanted to see where their story went. I have a feeling that this new movie uh, will do the same thing. So, uh, you know, again, let's keep going down the list of things that this movie can be. This movie can also be the spark that reignites the franchise for a a wide variety of multimedia tie-ins. And that's the other thing that this really can do is it can set up uh, an animated movie, more comics from IDW, maybe some prose novels, uh, toys. The Hasbro tie-in alone uh, gives you promise that there's going to be a whole lot to do uh, in terms of merchandising and things that will continue the story on, on, on the, on a child's level where they can have the toys and they can keep telling the stories the same way that we did back in, you know, 1984 through 1989. Um, that, you know, when, when the kids go home after seeing this movie, if they're old enough to see this movie, going back to it being, uh, creepy and spooky, uh, but, they can go home and, and replicate this and continue the story in their heads and they can start fantasizing about the next generation or the next uh, chapter in this story in the exact same way that we did. And uh, that is also why I have wanted to talk about expectations here because for 30 years we have been doing that in our heads. Uh, we ha- we share that with Star Wars fans. We share that where we thought we knew how Obi Wan and and Anakin Skywalker fought each other, and how uh, Anakin became Darth Vader. Uh, we in our heads for the last 30 years have fantasized about what happened to the Ghostbusters after 1989. And and luckily we had the video game that kind of gave us that 1991 perspective of, of a few years later, what happened. And that certainly um, set up a lot of things that the IDW comics were able to continue telling. So we have seen this trajectory of, uh, the, I don't know, the, The alternate 1985 version, if I can mix all my pop culture uh, references here, uh, of what Ghostbusters could have been. If these movies could have continued, we've seen what that could have said. That said, I don't think that they're going to follow that narrative to a T. I don't think they're going to follow the IDW Comics verse uh, as, as wonderful and intricate as it is. Uh, I, I have a feeling this is something entirely different. Uh, we'll not take any of that into account. Maybe even the video game will kind of be left off the table, but we'll see. Maybe there'll be like a, a little wink or a nod there to the video game. Um, but uh, it's, I, I, the, again, the wide variety of possibilities for this are are endless. So that's what this movie can be. Um, so I'm going to move on because I'm, I'm getting close to the half hour mark and I don't want this to be a really long episode of just me talkie, 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 talkie. So let's, let's talk about what the movie should be. And I'm going to explain why I think that those are two very different things. Uh, and because can is sort of a optimistic version of, of speculating what this movie has the potential of being, uh, should implies my own personal opinions and my own personal biases and, and what I believe the movie should contain, what it should feel like, what it should say, how it should start, how it should have a middle crescendo and how it should end. Um, and I think that is where a lot of the, um, uh, tension for lack of a better word, uh, comes up online is because people are, are, are openly talking about things that they think this movie should be. And then if somebody has a differing opinion and they say, well, no, that's not what that should, that should be at all. Uh, this movie should be this. And it just, it turns into a, a huge discourse if you can call it that, uh, that eventually breaks down into, uh, your mother. And then they've shoved each other in the streets. I, I that it, it's nothing new uh, that has been happening since before the days of the internet that has been happening, you know, before the, the dial up AOL days where we were talking on, uh, Bill M uh, message board thread. Um, yeah, th- this is not something that should be surprising to any of us. Uh, the, the, the breakdown of, uh, uh, Star Trek when Star Trek, the next generation came out, uh, think of all the people I still know people who, uh, Like one of my best friends, his dad hates Star Trek, the next generation. I don't think he's seen a single minute of it. I don't think he's watched a single episode of it, but because that was not my Star Trek, that is not what Star Trek should be. Um, And it, and it, it infuriated him to no end that it was not what he thought Star Trek should be, that he didn't give it a try. Uh, we are constantly telling my daughter to try things, and we bring up green eggs and ham. All right, the guy didn't want to try the green eggs and ham, but look, he tried it and he liked it. Uh, give it a chance. Like maybe if if you have, if you have such a specific notion of what a new Ghostbusters movie should be. If you're one of those people that has sat down at your computer and you wrote a 90 page screenplay and you called it Ghostbusters three, if you have that entire story in your head, that's your version of it. And that's okay. That's awesome. Like the fact that we can continue thinking about these characters and having them live and breathe in our imaginations. Uh, that is a wonderful thing that speaks worlds to what the, the, what Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis and Ivan Reitman created back in 1984, that you are still thinking about it and, and continuing that story in your imagination to this day. It is not necessarily what the movie should be. It's what you think it should be. Um, I, I, I don't know. I've, I have speculated in my head numerous times what I think a new movie should be um, and you know even back when Answer the Call came out I think if you go back through our, our archives there there is a direct quote you can pull from me that when they announced that this was a complete reboot, it was not tied to the original uh, at all it was going to be new characters uh, new gear, new equipment um, telling new stories I think that you can quote me on it. I think I think this is the only way that you can do this. This is the the you you should do it this way because it is the only way that you can continue this story, because all of us have uh, the 13 seasons of real Ghostbusters in our heads. Of 15, 20, uh, you know, all of the stories that we've come up with, you know, playing with our Kenner toys or uh, just daydreaming while you're driving in traffic and thinking about what you would be tickled to see in a Ghostbuster story. Um, so, you know, rebooting it, I thought was the best scenario. And I bet that's probably what Paul Feig and Katie Dippold were saying. Like, there's no way that we can match anybody's expectations or tell any story that we think is worthy of uh, continuing that original uh, threads. So let's, let's start fresh. And that way it doesn't carry the connotations, uh, that, that come with that. Um, so here we are now we're in a scenario where they are creating a story that is coming with a huge, like a pet terabytes, petabytes, what an insane amount of data spent on uh, GB fans, ghostbusters.net, uh, my, my old GBHQ boards, uh, d- d- hell, uh, d- AIM and Twitter and uh, MySpace messages. We have talked for so long about what this movie can and should be uh, that it, it now has, it carries that burden. And I guess that the one thing that it does have going for it is that it has. Uh, the answer the call um, wave has already subsided and people have seen okay they tried something different they tried something that wasn't necessarily a continuation and and that's that's what we got and that's not necessarily what we wanted so they have tried that flavor at baskin robbins and realized that's not the flavor they wanted great Let us give you this flavor and see if this is what you want. That is the advantage that Jason Reitman and and his team has right now. So, uh, yes, what this movie can be, it can be a lot. What this movie should be, we all have different opinions, and nobody's opinion is right, nobody's opinion is wrong. Um, uh, There are a few. uh, Let me just say, there are a few opinions that are are wrong. Uh, I'm sorry, I have to say that but uh, for those of you that are, are picturing the uh, whatever it is, go- uh, Ghostbusters, Sonic the Hedgehog, uh, My Little Pony, uh, G.I. Joe crossover event, I don't think that's probably the way to go. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things that we all have this movie written in our heads. We all have these characters written in our heads. We all think that we know the voices of the characters and how they speak and, and the uh, – like – I, it's one of those like when I sent my um, my uh, Ghostbusters Ectomobile manual to Eric Burnham, it was one of those things where I think I even told him, like, I I feel like I have these characters voices down because I've known them for so long. But that's really what I need your help in just making sure that I have. And he even pointed out a few things that, you know, I was wrong with. and And that was OK, because. It's so difficult because we have lived with these characters for so long. You think you know them so well, but other people have different perspectives and different points of view on them and and they can assist in that. So, um, look, I guess what I'm saying here is if you go to the theater in July of 2020 and you sit down and you start watching the movie and there's just something that you immediately bump on, Ooh, Oh no, I wish they didn't do that. Just roll with it. Just go with it. Just let the movie tell its story before you pass judgment. (laughs) better, Let's even rewind a little bit here. Um, When you start seeing trailers, when you start seeing photos, just go with it. Let the movie tell its story before you pass that judgment. Because the expectations, uh, your individual expectations, if you're listening to this Ghostbusters podcast, if you're listening to a guy... Almost 40 minutes in uh, talking without taking a breath about expectations for a new Ghostbusters film. Chances are you have some pretty high expectations. Um, Your individual expectations of this film are very high. Everybody else's expectations are very high. But the other thing you have to keep in mind is that there are new fans. There are new people that need to come to the table with this film, and they're going to have certain expectations. They're going to go into it saying, "Ghostbusters, yeah, that was a funny movie in the '80s. Whatever. Uh, let's see this." They need to be blown away by what this is. Uh, studio executives have have big expectations for this because Sony, uh, they, we we like to make Sony the punching bag from time to time, but. They've had a lot of hits recently. They have done very well for themselves. And so there are now expectations that this movie needs to do well. Sure, they've had a couple of of misses. You know, uh, Men in Black certainly was not uh, well-received, but I bet Jumanji does really well. I, I would put money down that Jumanji does really well because that first movie was a scream. And and it it, it is sort of also the embodiment of what I think Ghostbusters 2020 can be and this movie has the advantage of I've seen that and and knowing that it can work to their advantage Jumanji was another one of those movies that they had been talking about a sequel since when it came out in 95 97 I want to say and and uh, Welcome to the Jungle comes out and it continues the story but also introduces you to new characters and new themes and new uh, uh, it, it, it basically reintroduced the movie while continuing the story at the same time. That's what this new Ghostbusters film has to Don't do. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Ghoststoppers. I'm sorry. We'll do it again. We want to hear from you. Leave us a voicemail on our call in line at 470-242-4742. That's 4702-GBHQIC. We also have a Facebook page. And Twitter account. is dead. Um, no kidding. Just give me the address. Search Facebook for the Ghostbusters. Interdimensional cross On Twitter, look for Troy at Ghostbusters HQ and Chris at Proton Charger. I just wanna get back close again. What the hell are you doing? If you like what you hear, please take a moment to give us a review on iTunes. Be sure to recommend us to your friends. That makes good sense. Don't wait another minute, pick up your phone and call the professionals. Once again, our call-in line is 4702-GBHQIC. That ought to do it. Thanks very much, right? that's hard talking by yourself. Like I I actually, I feel now for radio, uh, talk hosts who carry this by themselves for this long. I, when you know, when you turn on uh, talk radio and you go, Oh my God, this person just talks and talks and talks. That's very difficult. I, I feel for them. Uh, I I certainly, I don't want to be Dr. Fraser Crane anymore after having done this. (laughs) But uh, anyway, uh, so that was, uh, that was me flying solo, talking about expectations. Um, tune in next week. We will bring, uh, Chris back into the fray. I promise. Uh, we'll, we'll catch up on the news. He and I will be able to talk about things like this casting announcement. Um, but at the same time, I want to hear from you all. Uh, How are you? keeping your expectations in check or are you are you just letting are you just letting your expectations run rampant and you are just at hype level 11 right now and you can't let go um call into the voicemail let us know how you're you're dealing with that because i think that that would be good especially in the months leading up to a trailer or the weeks leading up to a trailer as it may be um let's talk about where your expectation levels are at and and then let's Take a mirror to that after the trailer comes out and see if you're still feeling the same way or if you've changed your expectations or if you're now having to keep them in check because you are so hyped from that trailer that uh, you feel that there's no possible way that anything could live up to the amount of hype that you have for this movie. So uh, yeah, call the voicemail, let us know. And uh, for those of you who stuck it out for the full 40 minutes here, I, I, I very much appreciate it. I'm sorry that you have listened to me talk and talk and talk uh so i want to hear your voices i want to hear chris's voice next week please chris i want to hear your voice next week and until then we'll see you all on the other side thanks for joining the ghostbusters interdimensional cross rip visit us at protoncharging.com ghostbustershq.net and still playing with toys.net Everything you're doing is bad. I just want to let you know that. We'd like to get a sample of your brain tissue. <laughs> Next week, though, careless cats. We're.